Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Wednesday, March 17th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Putting electronic tags on the ears of livestock might help track and contain foodborne illnesses, but it could come at the expense of farmers and ranchers. You're going to have to buy those tags, which aren't cheap. You're going to have to buy readers. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports on the debate over radio frequency identification in animals. Missouri officials are planning several mass coronavirus vaccination sites in the St. Louis region. Officials say more than 14,000 Missourians are expected to receive shots at the events scheduled for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday next week. The Missouri National Guard, local health workers, and state emergency management personnel will staff the sites at St. Louis Community College at Forest Park, Queenie Park in West St. Louis County, and the Family Arena in St. Charles. They come after St. Louisans have criticized Missouri Governor Mike Parson for many vaccination sites in rural areas while neglecting urban centers. Residents will have to sign up for the St. Louis area events at MoStopsCovid.com. Residents of North St. Louis County are pre-registering for the vaccine at lower rates than the rest of the county. Health officials are trying to boost those numbers by giving people in North County more information. St. Louis Public Radio's Andrea Henderson reports. People in predominantly black neighborhoods in North St. Louis County are at a high risk of dying from the coronavirus, but they are getting the vaccine in low numbers. St. Louis County Health Department epidemiologist Neil Tutlin says that from early January to mid-March, about 9% of North County residents had registered for the vaccine, but about 20% of West, Central, and South County residents had. Tullip says people in North County have pre-existing conditions that can be aggravated by the virus, and registering can help save lives. If the vaccine can help stop you from having this bad experience, then it is a good reason to take the vaccine. Tutlam says the county plans to take vaccine information directly into North County neighborhoods to convince more people to register. I'm Andre Henderson, St. Louis Public Radio. Illinois may be close to relaxing more COVID-19 restrictions. Governor J.B. Pritzker might announce a new reopening plan this week, citing more vaccinations and decreasing COVID-19 positivity rates. The St. Louis County Police Department says a controversial partnership with the St. Louis Department is reducing crime in Jennings. But as St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports, its architects are acknowledging some early failures. In the fall of 2020, the Teneo Group began evaluating the St. Louis and St. Louis County Police Departments. It was the consulting firm that suggested the two departments coordinate heavily with each other to reduce crime, especially shootings, in Jennings and the neighboring Walnut Park neighborhood. But many political leaders found out about the effort from a St. Louis Post-Dispatch article. Jennings Precinct Commander Jason Law acknowledges the department made a mistake in the rollout. It went sideways quickly, and a lot of that was because we weren't necessarily on top of all the stakeholders the way that we needed to be. Law believes the initiative's success helped get people on board. Data from the city and county show aggravated assaults dropped on both sides of the border during the initiative. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. The annual St. Patrick's Day Parade in Dogtown will not occur again this year. Celebrations are still taking place, though, today while maintaining COVID-19 precautions through 
house decorating, and coupons to support the area's businesses. Joe Jovanovich is president of Dogtown United and co-owner of Pat Connolly's Tavern. Dogtown never um, backs away from a challenge when it relates to St. Patrick's Day Pride, so the virtual pride is flowing strong. He made those comments yesterday on St. Louis on the Air. This is the second consecutive year the parade will not take place because of the pandemic. In Europe, electronic car tags are put on livestock to track animals from birth to market. While supporters say the technology helps prevent and contain foodborne illnesses, adopting it in the U.S. is meeting resistance. As St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports, it's creating a rift in the agriculture community. The U.S. Department of Agriculture is supporting the idea of using radio frequency identification, or RFID tags, to track cattle that cross state lines. While that's just a toe in the water of what the technology could eventually be used for, it has livestock producers, ranchers, state departments of agriculture, and farm bureaus weighing in with widely differing opinions. Darwin Bentledge is tending to some of his cows on a very windy day on his southwest Missouri farm. He's an independent producer and says it seems like every year prices go up feed, transportation, medical care, while meat prices don't always respond in kind. He says he's opposed to being forced to buy RFID tags for his animals. Purchasing extra equipment, you're going to have to spend more time. You're going to have to buy those tags, which aren't cheap. You're going to have to buy readers. The U.S. Cattlemen's Association official position is supportive of RFID tags, but they're also quick to point out concerns, including limiting who would have access to the data they collect. Dwight Keller is a rancher in North Dakota and the Cattlemen's Health Committee chair. Keller says the metal clips with ID numbers currently in use are adequate and cheaper. If it serves the same purpose, and uh, let them let them use either or, you know, and uh, it will sort itself out with time, you know, and it would also give producers a chance to get familiar with it. Keller chooses to use RFID chips on his animals, but says it should be a choice, at least for now. He says the chips save him time and money in managing his herd. But even that is a point of contention in the RFID debate. Can that technology actually keep up with the speed of commerce? Garrett Hawkins is the president of the Missouri Farm Bureau. He says there needs to be more proof that adopting the technology is effective in quickly scanning animals and uploading information to where it needs to be. He says a neighboring state is taking the right approach. And, and that's what uh, Kansas Department of Agriculture and their sector has really been looking at, looking at technologies, looking at how animals flow through, through livestock markets, and can the technology keep up. Kansas is giving out free RFID chips to accredited veterinarians to help track sick animals. But according to the department's website, at this time there is some uncertainty how far into the future the program will exist. The director of the Missouri Department of Agriculture says they don't want to see a federal mandate requiring producers to pay for technology because it could hurt family farms. But Chris Chin says there are other factors at work. I think another thing we need to work think about is the impacts that it will have on trade agreements and being in compliance with um, you know, global trade regulations that are set by the WTO. 
All the moving parts have created varying proposals for additional small-scale pilot programs to use RFID. But cattle farmer Darwin Bentledge thinks even pilot programs will eventually lead to a mandate because big agriculture interests will try to scare the public into thinking RFID is necessary for public health, and that cost will go to farmers who can't afford it, especially now coming off of a pandemic. We still haven't recovered from a year ago. The prices of cattle are still not up where they were a year ago. And uh, so that's kind of a lame excuse, but I have no doubt they'll use it. You know. Bentledge concedes this may be the next generation's fight. He recently turned 65 and has started putting out feelers to find a young farmer to buy his land. In Rolla, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.